सहनावतु सहनो भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकर्वाहस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेद्वेशह नमस्ंकरानंद नम श्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे subject matter of discussion is paroksha gyanam and aparoksha gyanam paroksha gyanam indirect knowledge or immediate knowledge aparoksha gyanam direct or immediate knowledge for example when you infer the presence of fire from the smoke so you perceive the smoke and infer the presence of fire that knowledge of fire is paroksha gyanam or indirect knowledge because you have not seen the fire by your own eyes but you know there is fire so it is valid knowledge so paroksha gyanam or indirect knowledge can also be valid but it is not direct knowledge or immediate knowledge because you have not perceived the fire by your own eyes so this is valid indirect knowledge and when you go to that place and see the fire for your own self then that knowledge becomes aparoksha gyanam or immediate knowledge so two forms of knowledge both can be valid similarly also with reference to brahma there is paroksha gyanam and aparoksha gyanam what is paroksha gyanam or indirect knowledge of brahma that brahma is how does that knowledge take place by listening to the scriptures so by listening to the scriptures we do come to know that there is brahma which is satyam gyanam anandam brahman's truth is awareness is limitless is changeless nitya shuddha buddha mukta it is changeless free from limitation of time it is pure it is uh, of the nature of knowledge it is freedom so it is free from limitations free from bondage thus we know by listening to the scriptures so we say that brahma is and brahma is such and such this knowledge is called paroksha gyanam or indirect knowledge of brahma <clears throat> what is the paroksha gyanam when that very brahman is known as a self just as when the fire becomes the object of my own perception then alone that becomes the immediate knowledge so also when brahma becomes the object of my perception how can brahma become object of perception meaning brahma becomes the object of my immediate knowledge and there is only one way that brahman which is limitless can become the object of my immediate knowledge and that is when it is known as a self because myself is the object of my immediate knowledge even today also today also self or atma is known immediately intimately aparokshata because it is self revealing and therefore no effort is needed there's no need even to operate a pramana or a means of knowledge to know the self and when brahman is known as self then alone it is known immediately so that brahma is that brahma is limitless that it is non dual that it is substratum of the whole creation and all of this 
we know Brahman as something is. But when Brahma I am, meaning when that Brahman is known as a very self, that knowledge is called Aparokshagyanam. So there is a distance between the Parokshagyanam and Aparokshagyanam. <coughs> but when you say that the scriptures are the means for knowledge of Brahman, the statements of the scriptures are the means of knowledge, they are called Pramanam. The Upanishad Vakya or the statements of Upanishad are the Pramanam, the valid means of knowledge for Brahman. Then how come in spite of listening to the scriptures, the, no, the immediate knowledge does not take place? You say that when the Pramana of the means of knowledge is there, operated, and the object to be known is also there, then the knowledge takes place without your effort, just as the flower is in front of me and my eyes are open, the knowledge of the flower takes place doesn't require any effort or will on my part. And I don't even have a choice in that knowledge because whether I want it or not, knowledge takes place. When vastu, meaning the object to be known, and pramanam, the means of knowledge, when both these are there, the knowledge takes place. Similarly here also, the vastu is atma, the self, which is brahman, that is very much there. And pramanam, the means of knowledge, namely vedanta, that also is there. Then how come immediate knowledge does not take place. If vastu and pramanam or the object and means of knowledge, these are the only two, the only two uh, things required for the knowledge to take place, then both of them are there. Atma, the self is very much there and it is Brahman, whether I know it or not. And the words of the Upanishad very clearly reveal Tattvamasi, that thou art. Then how come knowledge or immediate knowledge does not take place? So say that there is an obstacle here. Dehadyatmatu Brahandu, Jagratyam Nahatat Praman, Brahmat Matuyana Vijnadam, Kshamade, Mandadhitvataha. A person Mandadhitvataha, on account of a person being of dull intellect. What do you mean by dull intellect? Dull not in the sense of sharpness of intellect. One may be able to understand the grammar very well, the arguments and logic and everything very well. So that one may be very sharp. And still that intellect would be called dull with reference to knowledge of Brahman when there is an obstacle called Dehadhyatmatva Vibhrantihi. When Vibhranti of the delusion of the nature of Dehadhyatmatva taking the body, taking the mind, etc. to be a self, when that Bhranti is there. So in case of knowledge of Brahman, there is this extra additional obstacle. In case of knowledge of flower, or a book, or a pot, or some other object, the only thing that separates from me, separates me from that is ignorance. And when the veil of ignorance is removed by the pramana means of knowledge, then the knowledge takes place. In case of Brahma, however, there is an additional obstacle. And what is it? That is what we call the Dehatmadhi, or the notion, or the conclusion on my part, that I am the body. In case of flower, I don't have any Conclusion, and therefore my mind is open, and therefore I see the flower as it is. In case of Atma or the Self, on the other hand, I have various conclusions that I am so and so. And these conclusions, which are notional, which is called Brahma or the delusion, that is the obstacle to Aparoksha Jnanam or immediate knowledge. And therefore, Dehadhyatmatva Vibhrandu Jagratyam. As long as this vibhandi or this delusion of the nature of taking the body etc. to be self is there, 
न हठातुवान ब्रह्मात्मत्वेन विज्ञातुं क्षमते सो लॉन्ग वन इज नॉट एबल टू इमीडिएटली नो ब्रह्म इज अलो मंदीज द इंटेलेक्ट इज डलंड और द इंटेलेक्ट इज नॉट एबल टू थिंक क्लियरली देर इमोशनल प्रॉब्लम्स टू कॉल इट और हैबिचुअल प्रॉब्लम्स हैबिचुअली सो आई एम देर इज देर इज इज अहंकार ऑफ द ईगो विच ईगो इज नथिंग बट दंच ऑफ कंक्लूजन of identification of the body with the mind and that is the obstacle and that's what prevents me from seeing myself as i am and therefore brahmatmaikatva aparoksha jnana virodhinah dehendriyadishu atmatva bhramasya vichara nivartyasya sadbhavat nivrutte vicharah apekshate in this case therefore it is necessary to perform an inquiry or deliberate upon the meaning of the word tvam the meaning of the word i what exactly is meant by i what exactly is meant by ishvara or the lord and we have to what what is required is vichara or viveka a discrimination is required in this case discrimination is required we require a mind which is able to discriminate between the self and the non self is one thing to say that yes i am limitless to understand that logically that limitless i have to be how can i be limited it is praptasya prapti he is attainment already attained and i am seeking freedom and and freedom therefore is my nature the happiness i am seeking is limitless happiness and therefore that has to be my nature there is nothing in the creation that can really give me the happiness that i am seeking and still now and then i do experience moments of happiness where does it come from it comes from the self and thus logically we can see all of this that the self must be of the nature of happiness must be freedom must be free from limitation but to see the self as limitless as free as of the nature of happiness is another thing so to know it in general that yes the self is free and self is limitless is what we would call paroksha jnanam or indirect knowledge and to see that fact and what is obstacle in seeing that fact this ego the hankara which is as we said nothing but the identification with the non self so that dehatam buddhi taking the body etc to be i so every time i want to see that ego is limitless when i want when i even proclaim the self to be limitless i always am trying to see that ego as limitless as free etc and there is all the time this frustration so it is that is not we being able to clearly discriminate between the self and the non self not being able to discriminate between the the subject and the object and thus this lumping together like the iron and fire and so also the self and the non self are lumped together and when i use the pronoun i there is not only i that is pure awareness but along with that are also included the body and the mind and the intellect the physical personality emotional intellectual personality also forms very much a part of this i unless i am able to separate them it is not possible for me to appreciate the i clearly as it is and so in order that that paroksha jnanam or indirect knowledge gets transformed into aparoksha or immediate knowledge it is necessary to be able to discriminate between that i and non i the self and the non self and then it becomes aparokshyanam so there is this further obstacle therefore what is required is vichara what is required is deliberation or what vichara a discriminative deliberation that's why drushyate svagraya buddhya sukshmaya sukshmadarshibhi 
ईश सर्वेशु भूतेशु गुढ़ोत्मान प्रकाश दे द सेल्फ इज वेरी मच देयर हिडन इन एवरीवन बट इट डज नॉट शाइन इट डज नॉट शाइन एज इट इज एंड देयरफॉर नो वन नोज द सेल्फ एज इट एक्चुअली इज देन हु वुड नो दृश्यतेदु अग्रया बुद्ध्या वन हु इज अग्र बुद्धि मीनिंग वन हु इज एकाग्र और ए फोकस्ड माइंड सूक्ष्मया बुद्ध्या एंड वन हु इज अ सटल इंटेलेक्ट सो व्हाट वी रिक्वायर इज सटलिटी ऑफ द इंटेलेक्ट as well as a single pointedness of focusing the intellect that one is able to see so we have to cultivate that kind of a mind that seeing mind and that requires the practice of what we call constant deliberation or discrimination <coughs> so not only shastra but vichara yuktam shastram as you said it is not merely that upanishad or scripture is a pramanam means of knowledge vichara yuktam shastram an upanishad or shastra coupled with this discriminative inquiry is that becomes a pramanam so the words of scriptures may be there but then the discrimination is not there then those words do not become effective meaning they do not create the aprokshanyam then the question is asked now before the verse 22 nanu tahi देहेन्द्रियादिगोचर से द्वैत भ्रम से सद्भावादितीय ब्रह्म गोचरम परोक्ष ज्ञान भी न उदीयाफिकेशन द बॉडी और टेकिंग द बॉडी एटसेट्रा टू बी दैल्फ दैट भ्रम और दैट डिल्यूजन इज ऑब्स्टिकल टू दिस इमीडिएट नॉलेज देन द बॉडी इज ऑलवेज गोइंग टू बी दैट देहेन्द्रियादि द बॉडी the sense organs the mind intellect and all the world that is perceived that whole duality is always going to be there dvaita bhramasya sadbhavat that dvaita bhrama meaning the delusion in the form of duality is very much present advitiya brahma gocharam paroksha jnana bhi navdiyat then how would you say that even paroksha jnanam or indirect knowledge of non duality how will it take place when what you experience and perceive is duality you perceive your body perceive your sense organs perceive the world that is separate from you and never this duality is the object of immediate perception that is called aparoksha gnana or immediately perceived is duality then when you are perceiving this duality or when duality is the object of your immediate knowledge or immediate perception the question is how would even the indirect knowledge of non dual will take place will it not be that the perception of duality be an obstacle to the arising of the knowledge of the non dual or even paroksha jnanam how will it take place ityashankya the answer is given aparoksha dvaita bhramasya paroksha advaita jnana avirodhitvat says no the perception of duality is not an obstacle to the arising of the knowledge of non dual so even though you perceive the duality even you coat a body and the mind even then and even though you may have the dehata buddhi meaning even though you may have identification of the body that brahma may be there and still the paroksha jnanam or indirect or general knowledge of the non dual can still take place because the paroksha jnanam or the indirect knowledge of non duality is not opposed to the existence of perception of duality <coughs> because you can see you know in spite of perceiving the duality when you subject 
through scrutiny, the nature of duality, then you can see that this duality as it is perceived is, is not real. Or when you think, then you can see that even though the body is very much there, definitely it cannot be the self because I don't have this body, gross body in my dream, or I don't even have this mind in the deep sleep state. So this body, mind, etc. don't accompany me when I'm in deep sleep. I'm very much there, but they don't accompany me. That shows that they are not always faithful or they can be dismissed, they can be negated, so they cannot be self. And therefore, Shraddhaloho, as long as Shraddhavataha Pamsaha, as long as one is Shraddha. So, the author is making a very important point as to what is required for Paroksha Jnanam or indirect knowledge to take place. This whole discussion arose because of these fundamental questions as to how Upasana or meditation on Brahma is possible. Are you suggesting meditation upon Brahman that is known or Brahman that is unknown? If Brahman is known as it is, then no meditation is required because the purpose of meditation is to know. And if Brahman is unknown, then you cannot meditate even if you want to meditate because you cannot meditate on Timbuktu or some such thing, you know, which is totally an unknown thing. Gagabhugan, can you meditate on that? You cannot. So an unknown Brahman also cannot become the object of meditation. A known Brahman doesn't have to become the object of meditation because you already know it. So how is meditation on Brahma possible? Then it was said that knowledge of Brahman is twofold, Parokshignanam and Aparokshignanam. Indirect knowledge and direct knowledge. That Brahman is known, Parokshataya, indirectly it is known, in a general way it is known. But it is unknown, Aparokshataya, as the very self it is not known. And therefore, Brahman such as that, or Brahman known in that manner, can become the object of meditation. This is the point that was made. So therefore now the teacher is discussing, what are the options, how come the Aparoksha Jnanam or immediate knowledge does not take place? In what manner the Paroksha Jnanam or indirect knowledge would take place? And what is the obstacle to the taking place of the Aparoksha Jnanam? So said that even though there is this perception of the duality, even though the body-mind, etc. are there and they perceive the duality, that duality is not opposed to the occurrence of the Parokshignanam of non-dual. What you require is Shraddha. Shraddha means a faith or a trust. This we discussed at length in several texts, including the Vedanta Sara. Giving benefit of doubt. What is Shraddha is? Giving benefit of doubt to the scriptures and giving benefit of doubt to the teacher. So, scripture and teacher is one unit actually, not two separate units giving them a benefit of doubt. Why do they need a benefit of doubt? Because very often what they say seems to contradict what we think to be true. Or what we have been thinking to be truth about our own self, or what we have been thinking to be truth about the world, etc., seems to be quite contrary to what the Upanishads reveal. And therefore, when someone tells me something that is contrary to my own present belief or conclusion, I would generally tend to dismiss it. The only thing that is said here is that you don't dismiss what we hear, we don't dismiss what we hear from the teacher, but then we don't accept it either, just because teacher says that, but at least we give the benefit of doubt. And we subject those statements to the scrutiny of our own reasoning, whether what they say is reasonable or not. And then if we discover that our own conclusions are not based on reason, many conclusions that we have about our own self 
and about world and about God, etc., they are really there is no basis of reason, then we shall be able to see the fallacy of our own conclusions, we able to discard them, and thus we shall be able to learn. So, Shraddha. Shraddhavataha Pumsaha Shastrat Parokshagyana Mutpadyade. And the illustration will be given. Said from the scriptures, a person who is Shraddha or the faith, Parokshagyana Mutpadyade, that Parokshagyana or the indirect knowledge can take place. That is said in verse 22. Brahma matram suvigneyam, Brahma matram suvigneyam, Shraddhalo shastra darshinah, Shraddhalo shastra darshinah, Aparokshadvaita buddhihi, Aparokshadvaita buddhihi, Parokshadvaita buddhyanuta, Parokshadvaita buddhyanuta. Brahma matram suvignayam shraddhaloho shastra darshinaha. Shraddhaloho, one who possesses shraddha. Shastra darshinaha and one who has studied the scriptures from the teacher. Brahma matram suvignayam. It is easy to know Brahma. Meaning to have what we call parokshagnanam or a general knowledge and understanding about Brahma is not difficult. Because we, the teacher unfolds that and we, we understand and since teacher is talking about our own selves and talking about our own life and talking about the experiences that we are having, Vedanta does not talk about some exotic experiences which we never had, or doesn't talk about things that is going to happen after death which for which we have no verification. Vedanta only talks about what we are presently experiencing, what we presently are and what we presently see. And Vedanta just uh, analyzes for us the nature of reality analyzes for us the, the validity of the conclusions that we have and makes us see the truth. Because truth is something we just be now. That alone is called truth. Truth cannot be created. It doesn't have to be created. Then it's not truth or it's not to be achieved or something. It has to be now and everywhere. So Vedanta only reveals the truth about the life that we encounter as it is. And so all that is necessary is to apply our mind to listening and to let our mind think in the manner in which the, the teacher unfolds the scriptures. That's all that is called for. And that requires Shraddha. That's all. Shraddha in the scriptures. And Shraddha in the teacher also that there is no reason why he should mislead us and what not. And so all that is required is that we are available. Shraddha makes us available. If Shraddha is not there, a person is not available. That is true. So, Shastra Dasinaha, Shraddhaloho, one who is Shraddha, and one who studies the scriptures, Brahma Matram, Suvignayam, that Parokshagyanam, or the indirect knowledge, is Suvignayam, is easy to take place. <coughs> Aparokshad Dvaita Buddhihi, that this perception of the duality that we have, the immediate perception of duality, does not in any way oppose the Parokshagyanam, does not oppose in short, duality does not oppose non-duality. The point is that duality is not opposed to non-duality. Duality does not dismiss non-duality. Or non-duality is not opposed to duality, it is in spite of duality. 
Brahman is non-dual in spite of the perception of duality. For the very simple reason that duality is not real. If duality were real and Brahman also were real, then there can be one thing at a time. But in as much as duality is not real, therefore just as my shadow does not dismiss me or I can be my body is very much whether shadow is there or not. Or several reflections of mine which may be seen in, a mirror, in several mirrors, so there may be many reflections they do not in any way contradict the oneness of myself because the severalness is mithya or is apparent and therefore this duality does not does not negate or contradict the non-duality. That's the reason why it's a matter of understanding. Non-dual is something to be understood. It is not that the duality is, is going to disappear. It is not that the wise man also does not perceive the duality. The duality is perceived and in spite of that, it is understood as non-dual. It is perceived and understood as mithya. And so this we can see. How the scientists know? This is all parokshigyana. All this knowledge of science is all indirect knowledge. To say there is an electron or a proton, who? nobody has seen those things. Nobody can see them. And therefore, it, right now, we don't even know whether it's a particle, or it's a wave or what it is, because it's a matter of conjecture from the data that you receive. And so Parokshajnanam can be there. In spite of the fact that you see this matter which is all different and still you know that matter is all one, all of that is nothing but energy. So that is all Parokshajnanam. It is all indirect knowledge, but valid knowledge. And so that kind of knowledge of Brahman can take place by study of the scriptures when the student has Shraddha. <coughs> Why is this so? Because Aparoksha Dvaita Buddhi Paroksha Advaita Buddhi Anutta Anut means, so, nud means to remove or to drive away. Anut means that which is, which does not remove, which does not drive away. In short, paroksha advaita buddhi, that indirect knowledge of advaita does not in any way contradict the, uh, the direct or immediate knowledge of duality. Aparoksha advaita buddhi atha, paroksha advaita buddhi anut atha, brahma matram suvignyemi diyojanam. So, in as much as the, the knowledge of Brahman is uh, aparokshika, the, the perception of duality is not opposed to the knowledge of Brahman, therefore, this perception of duality or existence of duality is not an obstacle. What is obstacle to parokshikyanam? This, or the, the indirect knowledge of Brahman, non-dual, what is obstacle? The duality is not obstacle. Only Shraddha is the obstacle. <coughs> Lapsance of Shraddha. Here, Aparoksha Brahmasya Paroksha Samyajnana Avirodhitve Drashtantamaha The teacher gives us an illustration as to how the Aparoksha Brahma, how the, the perceptual delusion Paroksha Samyajnana Avirodhi is not opposed to the Paroksha Jnanam or the indirect knowledge of reality Drashtantamaha, an illustration is given that will make it clear, the verse 23. Aparokshashila buddhi, Aparokshashila buddhi, Naparokshashatam nudet, Naparokshashatam nudet, Pratima dishuvishnu tve, Pratima dishuvishnu tve, Kova vipratipadyade, Kova vipratipadyade. Same again, these conventional examples are given here, and very much in the context of the Indian 
culture or the Hindu culture, the Vedic culture. Aparoksha Shila Buddhi, going back to the, the uh, topic of worship, how what you have is a Shila or a, a stone in front of you, as we said yesterday, the Shaligram is a black round stone obtained from a particular place and that is worshipped as Lord Vishnu. So they say that may you look upon this particular stone as Vishnu. So what you find in front of you is a stone which is Aparoksha Jnanam. So knowledge of the stone is Aparoksham or immediate. But then the way you look upon it is is Ishvara, is God or as Lord. So Paroksha Ishatam Nanudev meaning that immediate or direct perception of the stone is not in any way opposed to an indirect knowledge of, of God. That even though I see the stone in my mind, I think of God. So that is not direct knowledge of God because I have not seen him by my eyes, but I know him from the description of the scriptures and everything. And ever that knowledge is not contradicted by the appearance or perception of a stone or an image or whatever that is in front of me. Pratimanadishu Vishnutre Kova Vipratipadyate Kova Vipratipadyate Who has any doubts or questions about worshipping this stone as Vishnu? He doesn't know that, but anyway. So he says, who has any doubts about worshipping this stone as Vishnu? Nobody has any doubts, you know. And so, everybody is able to do that. Everybody is able to worship a stone as God. So what they see immediately is stone, which is Vashila or a stone and Paroksha Jnana means of Vishnu. So where is, where is the problem? Where is the question or the problem? <coughs> and there itself the question is asked. Keshana vipradipadyamana upalabhyante. He says, no, there are many people who are disbelievers. Many people don't accept this. How can you worship stone? There are charvakas, there are the materialists that we are discussing about in the morning. They don't accept any worship at all. They don't accept God. So those who don't accept God, they will not accept worship of God. Or if they don't accept God with form, then they will not accept, and so on. There can be many questions. So the many people actually question this whole method of worshipping God with the help of an image. Kechana vipradipadyamana upalabhyante. There are many people who have doubts and many people who debate about it. So how do you say that, that parokshignanam or indirect knowledge of God is, is not contradicted by the absence of direct knowledge of God? <coughs> says verse 24 Ashraddha lora vishwasaha Ashraddha lora vishwasaha Noda harana marhati Noda harana marhati Shraddha lora sarvatra Shraddha lora sarvatra Vaidike shvadhikarataha Vaidike shvadhikarataha Ashraddha, it says, you are quoting the example of the one who does not have faith. So people who don't have faith, they are not able to worship a stone as Vishnu or as God. They don't have faith that you can worship stone and, and you can look upon a stone as God, therefore they don't worship. So how do you say that? So in fact this, this knowledge of, this perception of stone itself becomes an obstacle to them, you see. How come one is not able to worship an idol or an image as God? Because you know this is stone. How can you see it? How can they? Be, how can this be worshipped as God? So in the case of those people, 
the very perception of stone becomes the obstacle to the knowledge of God. So how do you say that the perception of the duality cannot become an obstacle? It does become an obstacle. He says it becomes an obstacle in the case of the person who is not a believer. Saddal, if you want to translate it as believer, I mean, that's how they translate. So Yeltsin, he attended apparently some service in, in Russia, you know. They're celebrating Christmas now, whatever, the, the, uh, they must have a different date or something like that, I don't know. But there are pictures today that they, in the whole of Russia, they celebrated Christmas. Then nobody knew what was going on there because they have not celebrated Christmas in 70 years. And therefore, uh, many people did not know what's going on here. And even when they were told, they did not understand what it was. So Yeltsin, the president, uh, he went to one of the services and that picture. So he says, I am, I am not a believer. But I respect the religious traditions. So he's not a believer. So there are many people who are not believers. And therefore, they won't believe in God, or even if they believe in God, they may not believe that God can be worshipped through stone and stuff like that. In fact, this Islam, they simply, they destroy. It, it must have been said in the Quran that you should not worship, and those fellows who worship these stones and idols, all of them are pagans or whatever they are. And so the only business, they, the first business they had when they came to India is to destroy all these shrines, you know, because how can you worship? So not only they don't worship, but they cannot tolerate anybody who is worshipping. They think that by worshipping these stones, they will go to hell. So perhaps they want to redeem everybody, whatever it is. Anyway, they came to India and left and right, they destroyed very holy shrines. Anyway, so there are many disbelievers like this, and therefore, the they very perception of the stone becomes an obstacle to accepting it as God. He says, yes, that is so because there is, a, there is an obstacle of lack of shraddha. But for the one who is Shraddha or the faith, in what the scriptures say or the teachers say, they have no difficulty at all in worshipping an image as God. So they look at the image, so immediate knowledge is one of image, but then the indirect perception in the mind is one of God. <coughs> and so the illustration that you gave of an Ashraddhalu or of a dis- un- non-believer that cannot be an example, cannot be cited as an example in this case because we are talking about people who are Shraddha. Ashraddhaloho avishwasaha udaharanam naharati. So, this avishwasa or lack of faith that a non-believer has, it cannot be cited here as an example. Shraddhaloho eva sarvatra vaidikeshu adhikaratha. Sarvatra everywhere vaidikeshu, in all the vaidik, Rituals of worship and whatever the Vedas reveal with reference to that, Sarvatra everywhere with reference to the Vedic tradition, Shraddhalo Hoevajikaraha. Only Shraddhalu or believer is qualified or alone is fit for that, or he alone will benefit and not in a Shraddhalu. In every faith, they are all called faith, you know. Which faith you belong to? Christianity or Islam or, so Swamiji doesn't want to call Hinduism a Veda, Veda as faith, you know, it's a darshan. Darshan means it's a vision. But anyway, the point is, everything is all based on faith, Shraddha, isn't it? To say that a certain prophet revealed all this truth, that is God who has revealed the truth, to accept the book of, uh, you know, the holy book as, as a pramanam or as a valid means of knowledge is the first faith. To say that a given prophet was not an ordinary human being, that he was in direct communion with God, and that his words were nothing but the words of God, 
or that God directly revealed to him, and therefore this is all authentic. Who will accept that? Only one who has faith. Or to say that Christ was born of mother who was virgin, you know, I mean that the first thing right away it requires faith. And so all of this is all based on faith. There cannot be any, I mean, it's not logical in any way. And so also Vedic tradition also claims that Vedas are Pramana, valid means of knowledge. Why do you say that? It is all revealed scriptures, not composed scriptures. Who says it is revealed? You say. After it's your word, isn't it, to say that Vedas are revealed scriptures and Rishis are the seers of mantras. I don't want to elaborate too much because I don't want to disturb the faith and The point is that this is to even to perform a ritual because the ritual promises certain results and therefore you perform. You perform a certain japa. They say that if you perform this mantra, you repeat this mantra X number of times, then a certain result will come or a certain obstacle will go. So there is an obstacle here that some some particular planet is, is not favorable and therefore you repeat this mantra X number of times over a period of time and that you will get the favor of that planet, the favor of that aspect of God. Now all of this requires purely faith and nothing else. So all this worship and everything is all based on faith. I mean you go to any temple and they do all, you don't understand what he's doing anyway. You go to church, I don't understand. Go to synagogue, they have a different kind of a thing. We don't understand all these motions that they're going through. He does something, you know. So the, the a cup of cup is brought and the wine is poured in there and there is bread. And then the priest does something there. And then it becomes the body of Christ and blood of Christ. So what it is? So that's what it gets converted to. And all the devotees with great devotion they take it and that is fine. The point is it totally requires how the faith that the priest has some kind of power by which he converts this wine into blood and this bread into body. And that by parting of that that all your sins are, uh, you know, you become uh, purified. So everywhere it is all based on faith. So uh, I asked them, how do you take this wine? Said, Swamiji, we never give a thought to that. That's how we are brought up in our tradition. So we don't question these things. And we just do. And uh, so all of this is based on faith. And similarly also that that is Brahman, which is limitless, is all based on faith because unless it becomes an object of your own immediate knowledge, until then there is Shraddha. Shraddha or the faith is required in case of that, which is not the object of our immediate perception. Otherwise you don't require faith. To say that there is sun, there is moon and there are stars and there is earth, nobody requires faith because you directly perceive these things. But that the sun does not rotate and the earth rotates. Now that requires, you know, when the child is told that, you don't see the earth rotating, you see the sun rotating and still to accept that the sun is standstill and the earth is rotating involves an element. That, that knowledge is what we call parokshadhyanam or indirect knowledge. Based on reasoning etc. But that calls for faith and then alone you will apply yourself with that reasoning and then you will be able to see that. Anyway, so you will know that faith is involved everywhere. Uh, people, particularly Western societies, a person, Western person would have very hard time in accepting this business of Shraddha or faith because there is a great emphasis uh, given to proof, evidence, validity. And how do you prove? How do you prove that in this hall there are radio, you know, electromagnetic waves? 
transmitting music. How do you know that? There's no way that you can perceive that music through your ears. And so there's no way to verify that. So you require an appropriate instrument called a transistor. And when you tune up the transistor to a given frequency and wavelength, to whichever ears cannot be tuned, and then alone you can perceive that music. So until that becomes an object of your own perception or knowledge, it is a matter of faith. And therefore, in those matters where the object is not an immediate object of our perception, then we accept it on faith, and that faith will enable that indirect knowledge to be transformed into direct knowledge. Suppose it was possible for us to train our ears in such a manner that you can listen to that music. Suppose it was possible. Some yoga practices were there. That's how the yoga is. Yoga is anywhere communing with God. And you perform certain practices and you'll be able to experience God. Now it's all faith that after doing that it will all happen. And if you don't have trust, then you won't do that. Even medicine is all faith. When you are ill and you go to a doctor and he gives you a medicine, it's all based on faith that taking that medication, that you will be cured. You have to only actually do it, I mean, see it to believe it, but then we, we accept it on faith. So, in short, we require faith in matter, those matters which are not objects of our immediate or direct knowledge, but in which we have trust that today or tomorrow they will become the object of our knowledge. And so, Vedas and all the scriptural matters this faith or Shraddha is always required. Sarveshu Vedokta Anushthaneshu Shraddha Lohoeva Shraddha Vataheva Adhikaritva Dityartha In all Anushthana or performance of any rituals or anything that is all meditations and everything requires faith. <coughs> Even prayer requires faith, isn't it? You pray to God and uh, hope that your prayers will be answered also requires faith. So prayer also requires faith. Every spiritual practice is going to require faith because you are praying to God who is also accepted on faith. And thus, and that, that God is benevolent, that he, you know, that he answers the prayers, all of this is a matter of faith until it becomes a matter of our own immediate knowledge. When we discover it in our own life that yes, God is benevolent, that he answers the prayers and that until that becomes my own knowledge or experience, whatever you want to call it, until then it is a matter of faith. <coughs> In short, if one is faith or the shraddha, then parokshignanam or indirect knowledge can take place. The only obstacle to taking place of the indirect knowledge of parokshignanam is only lack of shraddha. <coughs> And that's what is said in the next verse, in verse 25. Etavada, Parokshajnana, Kimayatam, you had all this discussion on Shraddha, etc. So what relevance does this discussion have with reference to Parokshajnana or indirect knowledge of Brahman which we are discussing? And that is said in the verse 25. Sakradapto Padeshena, Sakradapto Padeshena, Parokshajnana Mudbhaved, Parokshajnana Mudbhaved. Vishnamur. It says when there is Shraddha or the faith is there, 
faith so astikya buddhi shankaracharya describes or defines explains shraddha as astikya buddhi astiti buddhi is called shraddha astiti is astikya buddhi the scriptures are valid that god is and that the teacher what the teacher says is in keeping with what the scriptures reveal this acceptance is called shraddha that's astikya buddhi <coughs> and that opens up our mind which gets tuned up to the teacher and the scriptures that's shraddha or the trust the implicit trust is that which enables to tune up ourselves with the teacher and through the teacher with the scriptures just as we tune up the transistor to that broadcasting station with a wavelength and frequency and so also what is it that enables us to tune ourselves up with the scriptures and the teacher is shraddha And when that is there, the mind is ready. Sakrataptopadeshena parokshidhyanam udbhavet. Parokshidhyanam or indirect knowledge udbhavet can take place. Sakrataptopadeshena even by one's teaching. Apta means the one who is learned or one who is wise or one who is knowledgeable in that particular subject. Whether it is upasana meditation or whether it is brahmajnanam or it is karma or the rituals. So when the upadesha or the teaching instruction is given by apta the one who is versed in that particular field of knowledge then sakrut upadesha matrena even by one teaching or one instruction paroksha jnanam udbhavet paroksha jnanam or indirect knowledge would take place even by one instruction from apta or from the one who is learned or who is the who is uh, who is valid, who has valid knowledge For example, Vishnamurti Padeshohi Namimam Samapekshade. For example, to say that this is Vishnu and he is Shraddha, he accepts it. So the one who is Shraddha or the faith accepts, yes, this is Vishnu. Yes, this is Dakshinamurti, this is that. Oh, there is a cross, you know, crucifixion, fine. I have a trust in that. These days it seems in India, Mary has become more popular than even Christ, you know. So they, that's, there was an article someplace. people worship her because she seems to be granting all kinds of uh, wishes of the devotees you know and after all what do people want from religion from anywhere is to get a relief from their pain and suffering and so they go and worship mary and their prayers are answered and so more than even christ it seems mary has become more popular anyway it's a matter of faith again in a place like india all you require is five people to go one to one place and then you have a whole crowd you know you just five people say for example you just there are people who worship trees and plants also thinking there are some spirits and what it is so uh, in villages in particular so all you need to do is go to a particular tree and tie one cloth there and a few strings around that uh, stem of the tree then somebody passes by say hey somebody is worshiping this tree there is something here he will also start that and then soon you will find there is a light, you know so all this all of this is based on what you call shraddha or the faith and therefore when the faith is there it does not require any time or any effort on the part of the listener to understand what the teacher says as far as aparu then to actually see that god is a different matter but to meditate on god with the indirect knowledge that god is omniscient omnipotent or he is, has four arms and he wields this kind of weapons all of this sakrut upadesha matrena 
by one Upadesha the teaching also, this Paroksha Jnanam takes place. It doesn't require Mimamsa or a great deal of inquiry or a great deal of deliberation is not required, then Paroksha Jnanam can take place. So, what is the obstacle of Paroksha Jnanam? Is absence of Vichara. So, understand this, obstacle to Paroksha Jnanam or indirect knowledge is only absence of Shraddha. If Shraddha is there, then Paroksha Jnanam or indirect knowledge can take place. And, but Paroksha Jnanam, immediate knowledge does not take place unless there is a further element called Vichara or that discriminative intellect is there. That's a further requirement to transform that Paroksha Jnanam into Aparoksha Jnanam, the indirect knowledge to direct knowledge. Okay. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om